Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and Bulldog fans everywhere. I'd like to welcome you back to the wave. I'd like to thank all of you for listening, whether you're a new listener, old listener. All listeners are listeners, and all listeners matter. Um, I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Gavin Lagazino. And uh, this is the Hell State Shockwave, the wave as we like to call it. We call it the wave because we are affiliated with Wave Sports Media, uh, one of the fastest growing and largest sports media companies on the planet. We encourage you to check out uh, on all types of social media, anything related to Wave. There's uh, specific pages for teams, players, fan bases, and uh, just about anything you can think of in all kinds of sports. Uh, me and Gavin have our own pages. Mine is Mississippi State Wave. Uh, Gavin's at Hail State Wave. Gavin's is Hail State Wave. Gavin's is much better than mine, but uh, we don't have to talk about that. We don't. Col- Colton is a much better football analyst than I am. <laughs> yeah, come, come to mine for the captions. Come to Gavin's for the fireworks, all right? <laughs> all right. So uh, – Let's just dump right into what we're saying, what we're going to talk about today. I feel like I say that every week, but uh, every single episode. But that's what we're going to do. We jump right in. Um, we're going to start off with a positive note today. How about that Derek Jeter esque play Jordan Westberg made today, deep in the six hole? Oh, it was beautiful. Deep to his backhand side, turns around, jumps backwards, and I'm watching from the third base side of this game. I was lucky enough to come into a reserve seat. And I was like, what are you, you sure you want to throw that big dog? Um, big dog was very sure that he wanted to throw that. Yeah. Very I sure. Like very that proud. play, he was just able to show off his athleticism. And, you know, we've always heard how rangy Jordan is, but he was actually able to prove that today. And like you said, whenever he fielded that ball, I, I wasn't sure he was going to be able to get it off. But he, uh, honestly, that jump throw, it was kind of weird the way that he released it. It looked like he yeah. let it go early. He got it there, though. He yeah, uh, he, he keeps making plays like that and developing. You know, he's one of those players that people said, you know, he's a great player but not a shortstop in, at the pro level. Well, he, you know, give him some time. He's learning a new position. I think uh, after he's done really good, especially at the end of the year, and that he'll get get there after a whole year next year. Don't let the stretch by T.A. go unnoticed on that play. No, that's, that's I, not the stretch out. was harder for me to see where I was at. But yeah, T.A. had a, a nice stretch. Doing that. He's not and as long as you'd like. What'd you say, Gavin? If you don't know the play we're talking about, it's on my Instagram. So. Oh, yeah. No, go give it a look and a like and a comment. Um, it's yeah. impressive. Uh, if I wasn't just a football page, I probably would have posted it too. But uh, <laughs> uh, So, obviously, this is a tough loss. Um, seems like every time we play Vanderbilt, we come into some bad luck or we just beat ourselves. Uh You know, for all – we're all, if everybody that's watched, you know, we got bases loaded in the fifth inning. Um already have uh, gotten out of a couple of jams, done some with some masterful work by Plumlee in our fielding to uh, hold the lead to the 1-0 lead. But um, we put in Riley Self after Tristan Barlow loads up the bases with a bloop single and a four-pitch walk. Uh, another thing we can talk about later on is, you know, relief pitching at, at stretches could have been better today. Uh but Riley Self gets exactly what he wants on the first at bat is a, is a, a slow, not too slow, but an easy ground ball to a, a infield that's been brought in towards the plate. And Tanner Allen fields it, and I'm thinking, all right, he's going to go home and we're fine, except he goes to second. Um, that run scores. There's only one out. The runner at a runner at third crosses the plate, and I almost feel like Gavin, Gavin you know, we kind of have to could 
break this down. I feel like he could have had a double play if he had gone home, maybe get him out at third or get him out back at first. Yeah, I think there were a few ways we could have turned to right there. Um, honestly, that throw to second could have possibly been one of them if somebody would have been able to cover first base because, you know, uh, Westy's able to flip it over there. Yeah. But he could have also gone home. Um, I, I have confidence in Skelton's arm to be able to get that ball back to T.A. in time to beat the runner. Um, and you can go ahead and say your third way that you noticed because I didn't notice that. Well, I feel like I, I was watching both for the runners, the two runners in scoring position. Um, third baseman, you know, Foskey snapped back to third after he got the ball as, you know, out of desperation. And he didn't even come close to getting it, but it was close enough to where he thought he might as well throw it. Because the third base, the guy running the third didn't take very long, uh, or excuse me, didn't get a great jump to get there. So I figure Skelton could have got the out, caught the ball from Tanner, thrown a third and got a, uh, the second out. Skelton could have whipped it back to first if Tanner had gotten to cover the bag, but uh, he wasn't able to cover the bag from second. I don't know if he'd be able to cover it going home, maybe, maybe not. But also, you know, when Foscu sees Skelton go to second, I mean, when Foscu sees Allen go to second, he decides to not cover, try and cover first. For some reason, Riley decided to try to not cover first. I think Riley was thinking to back up a throw at home or to back up a throw at third. Yeah, and he just kind of got caught in no man's land, just yeah, standing between just, the mound and first. Just kind of thing, you got to practice situational baseball there. And even if you don't get the double play, you save a run going home. Yeah. You got to just go home in that situation. You know, you got two outs, next guy hits a three-run home run, but that five to three and six to three are two different things. That's what it would have been. But – uh. Nonetheless, well, who knows? Maybe good. we're out of that inning. Yeah, it could have been, you know, it could have been differently. It could have been a different approach at the plate, you know, who knows. But regardless, uh, it didn't turn out the way we wanted in that inning. That was all that they would score after that three-run home run. Um, we would uh, end up getting out of it. We used Colby White for one out. We used several relievers. We never, ever, never used Leva or Gordon, which means that they are full go, throttle 100% for tomorrow's game. Having having not pitched since Sunday, but anyway, um, there's some more things we did to beat ourselves. Number one, um, you know, had a ten, Tanner Allen drives in Jake Mangum with a double, and uh, you know, I didn't really notice till after I saw a replay. He absolutely had, and I kind of I I say that I did notice when I was sitting in the stands, and I was like, maybe he's just being safe, but on replay it was obvious he had a triple and should have yeah. went to third. He would have scored on the Mount McNamee's ground out. The bat before that, Westberg's, you know, he's doing his best. I'm not trying to call out anybody too, terribly, but, you know, he, he Westberg probably could have walked instead of uh, going down swinging before that, you know. And all of a sudden, even if you don't make the fielding mistakes, it's six to five because of base running mistakes and um, not the best approaches at the plate. And it's just kind of thing, you know, the last time we played Vanderbilt, it was a couple little things that we could have done different. You know, the single that scored the only run of the game could have been a, a – it would have been a difficult play, but could have been a fly ball that was caught, you know, by Rowdy Jordan. And he, he's been absolutely lights out in, in that field all year, but he kind of got a bad jump on that one particular ball. You just kind of, you know, kind of don't like to see us lose when we didn't do our best. And you also you don't think feel like you did your best when you leave 19 runners on base. We left 19 mm-hmm. runners on base today, went two for 11 with runners in scoring position. It will not win you baseball games. Not against anybody, but especially not Vanderbilt, you know? Yeah. I mean – You can't – anytime you have somebody on base, you have to make the most of it. Always seems like, 
you, we had some guys take some batter. We had some guys that have been really hot, not look great today. You know, lots of a few strikeouts that weren't uh, that just didn't look very like very competitive at bats. And you know, it's the kind of thing you hate to you hate to get beat, but you really hate to get beat when you didn't play your best baseball. If you play your best baseball and they still beat you, you shake your hand and go back after it. But this is twice that little thing, little mistakes have cost us big time against this team. And I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm saying again. We they beat us twice. I'm still not scared of this team. No. We broke up Kumar Rocker. They. They. How many times you hear Kumar Rocker's name watching it, Gavin? Um, probably. I'd say at least one. <laughs> at least once. <laughs> they. Uh. They played his like the highlights from his game. That his no hitter twice in the stadium. Yeah. They played. Well, I saw I saw more of Kumar Rocker's parents sitting in the stands than I did of Mississippi State players. Lord have mercy. Yeah. But uh, we and broke Nate. up Kumar's no hitter in uh in in the first bat of the game. So I'm glad we could get that out of the way. because yeah. you know, you know got, every every at bat he had with no hitter would be nine innings or however many he had before. You know, X amount of innings and without a no hitter, yeah. more innings without a hit, even more innings without a hit. Yeah, we got Jake got that out of the way. Jake sure did, and he, Jake had three hits today. Uh, two hits today. Two hits today. Yeah. Um, he reached on error. They scored that an error. That was kind of. I uh, I did not have a great view of the play, but I still thought it was a. I figured it was a base hit. I was uh, yeah. up at the concourse, but I thought he had a hit on that one. But they scored it an error. Um. Anyway. Now we're on to Louisville. On to Louisville. Um. What you get? How does Louisville swing the bat, Gavin? Yeah, so looking at Louisville, they have a two ninety three team average, which I'm not sure what it is right now, but I know coming into Vandy, we were sitting at three seventeen, so they're twenty four points lower than us. Um, they don't really hit a lot of bombs. Alex Benless leads their team with fourteen homers, and he's batting three hundred right now. And then Danny Oriente is there. Jake Mangum, he's hitting three thirty three right now. Um, only has one bomb, so he hits for average. And then on the flip side, looking at their pitching, they have a 355 team ERA, which is right about where we're at. Um, they don't really get a lot of strikeouts. Nick Bennett, who's going to be on the mound for them tomorrow, he has a 4-4 ERA, and he's averaging right at one strikeout per inning. He's, he has 73 Ks and 73.2 innings. Sounds good. That's our projected starter for tomorrow. That uh, we, me and Gavin, figure. Um, yeah. he's he's that he's got the most starts of somebody that hasn't pitched already. Started a game this week so, on the team. Just know you heard it here first. Yeah, that's right. You heard it here first. He started some Saturdays, sometimes third start. He's you know, he's a quasi Saturday starter. Which honestly, that's what Gin has been recently because he's been trying to you know he's been working on Saturdays. Uh. You know, a little bit during the middle of the year, he had to switch back to Sundays for a couple of weeks, and now he's been kind of out of the rotation and would available on a Sunday on a third game and a weekend if necessary, like in the Super Regional. So um, he's not the – I don't think he's the pitcher that Ginn is, but uh, obviously not looking at the statistics. Um, Ginn's freshman of the year for a reason. But uh, this isn't – you know, this is a top seven national seed team. This is a team – uh, one thing is really weird and interesting stat. They lead that they are almost leading the country. They're top ten in the country in errors forced. They forced two errors from the, in the same play by the same player uh, for Auburn yesterday that, that drove in two runs and uh, was the difference in the game. They beat Auburn five to three. So you know that 
you know, that's kind of just about putting the ball hard in play, hard ground balls, I guess. And their ratio from errors committed to errors forced is huge. They only, they've only committed about half the errors that they forced. They're not the best fielding team in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but they definitely put pressure on the defense somehow. Uh, lots of bunts and stuff like that, stolen, you know, lots of steals, those kinds of things. So uh, something to be interesting to watch out for. Uh, Mississippi State, if there is a weakness, it's with the, the infield defense. But even so, the weakest part of our team doesn't mean it's a very weak part. It just means we're good at the other things. And we field, you know, about average. That's what yeah. we're doing averagely. And we're hitting more than better than average and pitching better than average. But, uh, like I said, Nick Bennett's going to – we're probably going tomorrow. What would you say his ERA was? Like three he's, – He's sitting at – Four, four four right now. Four four. Guys, somebody that we should hit we should hit. And like I said, we we've been leaving guys on base. Nobody has been really hitting the ball extremely well in this tournament. We've been doing kind of you know, Vanderbilt put up the most runs today on after a bit very uh, bad middle mistake and that was six. Um we've scored five, uh, Louisville scored five earlier. Uh we've had winning winning teams score two and three runs in these games. So Oddly enough, there's still a lot of home runs in these games. Yeah. Home runs are up and scoring is down, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Um, All solo bombs. Lots of solo bombs in this tournament. Uh, lots of solo or two run. Or, of course, today they Vanderbilt hit a three run bomb. That's the only one in the whole tournament. It was us. And looking and, at uh, Bennett's stats real quick, he's given up 10 bombs this year. So. 10 bombs Maybe. in how many starts? Um, I'm not sure about the number of starts, but he's throwing 73 innings. All right, so. 10 bombs, 73 innings. That's not a little bit. Um, for those of y'all wondering, uh, he is. That's not fantastic, but it's not not very good either. Yeah. He's got 15 starts, so 10 bombs and 15 starts. Of course, we're not the, the power hitting team. We're more the we hit a lot of doubles, but not a lot of home runs. We've said that several times. But uh, other things to look at. This elimination game, <laughs> that's all there is to it. First elimination game we've had all year in the, in the NCAA postseason. And this is when, you know, guys make their money. This is where coaches earn their paycheck. This is where players find out what they're made of. And uh, we know what, what Jake Mangum and Elijah Matney is made of. We're going to find out what, you know, Marshall Gilbert and Josh Hatcher and to a lesser extent, Justin Foskew and Jordan Westberg and stuff, those kinds of guys, what they what they can do when the when the going gets tough, you know. These pitchers as well. JT Ginn's a freshman. I think I, that's a freshman that I trust on the mound in a situation like this. He just has an it factor about his competitiveness, and okay. I'm excited to see him pitch tomorrow. I don't know about you. All right, I'm pumped. <clears throat> I'm glad that we still have him to go tomorrow. You know, we're, um, we're going to have to – do what Skip Sweeney said that we're going to do. He's calling it right here. He's calling five straight wins. Yep. That's our uh, our cohort. The He's going to get on the show in a second. We're going to put him on eventually. But, uh, let's see. Should he make an uh, appearance before or after our special guest? After. Okay. All right, after. That's a teaser for y'all. Very yeah. big teaser. Y'all, y'all enjoy – y'all – Make of make of that what you will. Uh, Skips, my boy Skips, calling five straight wins. He's thinking we don't even need a game three in the championship series. 
But uh, bottom line is we are going to have to win five games and can't lose, but can't lose any of them unless we make it. We can afford to drop one in the, in the final series, but we got to win three in a row right now. Um, we've got Brandon Smith available to start. Word on the street is Keegan James, because even though he gave Keegan, Keegan James, we can't say enough about him, was spectacular today. Yep. Keegan James was absolutely fantastic. He was shut out for three innings uh, against one of the top offenses of the country. Uh, can't say enough about what he did. But, clutch uh, pitching. Say what? I said that was clutch pitching. Some clutch From pitching. somebody who's had a rough year. Wish we had some clutcher hitting behind it. Somebody that has had, hasn't had the year he thought he would have. Yeah. Uh, like we said earlier, we think he's gone to the draft simply because uh, the mojo in Starkville's not great. But you know, if he comes and pitches, you know, pitches well in this tournament, kind of what got Cole Gordon to stay. That's what I was about to say. If after after a day like today, he might be rethinking that. Maybe you know, I think it'd take a, another start or two like that. We'll have to see what becomes of it. But uh, he could potentially start one of these games. We know for a fact Small is not starting Friday. Coach Lamonis said his future is too valuable to do that, and I appreciate that from Coach Lamonis. Yeah. Uh, Another I thing know. that uh, Coach Limo did today that surprised me, I know you would know this, Colton, because you were actually there, but um, they have a mic that's pretty close to the dugout for the TV. Uh, and I think I'm not talking about. He was, he was screaming at the umpire, the home plate ump. Really? I heard him screaming at Tanner Allen, too. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hear that, but uh, from what I saw, whenever uh, it was like I think it was the first inning, one yeah. of the there was a slider that missed inside, and it was a ball. I think it was inside and low. And limo, you can hear him screaming from the dugout. That's a ball, you know it. I enjoyed We've, that. Uh, maybe he is like Ron Polk. Yeah, <laughs> is that what we said last episode? He's like yep. Ron Polk. We uh. Scott Klein was the home base umpire today, home plate umpire today, and he's one of the best in the business. But I have not been – we're in the College World Series, and I'm still like – the umpire should not be a talking point in the College World Series. I know they put those fancy cameras and the microphones, and that's probably putting pressure on those umpires. Cool thing, but we're not getting the best behind-the-plate performances, and I think it's like making them more nervous because everybody can see them and listen to what they're saying and all that. You've also yeah. got umpires on camera on microphones saying exactly where, where every ball is located and why it's a ball, and that's not necessary. That's, that yeah. bothers me. Unless, well, it's, so unless it's close. Unless it's close, but the ball skips in the dirt. That's down. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, sir, for pointing that one out. I hadn't thought, thought it might be down. I'm glad I know now. Anyway. Um, but like we said, like we were getting to, we're, getting, we're chasing rabbits here. Uh. Keegan maybe start again. Sarantola, um, I like what we saw from him. He got a big strikeout today uh, in his only at bat. He is going to be uh, he if if he can come in and pitch like he just did against the last his last appearance against LSU. We didn't get a chance to see him in the postseason because he kind of that's kind of the guy you throw when it, you're either really desperate or you don't have or you're, the game's comfortable for one team or the other just to make sure that he's up to snuff. And he kind of got that situation, that slightly desperate situation today, brought him in, and he looks good. If he's looking good, you know he's, he can – he throws 96, 97 for a while. He's, uh, we've put him – we've started four games this year. And uh, they wouldn't have let him start if he couldn't get at least three innings. Yeah. But my thing, um, if we beat Vandy – let's say we beat Louisville tomorrow, we beat Vandy the next time, then I'm questioning who's coming out. That's I, that's when I think might be small again because he'll have yeah. six days rest. He could go. Yeah. But uh, 
enough of that. Um, Gavin kind of dabbled in that right now. Let's talk about some scenarios. You know, if we win this game tomorrow, we've got to that's, – that's, that's your three starters. You've got to piece together something for those next two games. That's when it gets kind of hairy. Yeah. I still think it's a Brandon Smith – somebody said uh, we've heard rumors that King and James would still be good to go on Friday if that's necessary. Um, we'll see how that goes. My dad thinks it's Keegan. I think it'll be Smith. Um, I'm going. I, I think I have to go Brandon Smith. Yeah, he he had a great start in the SEC tournament. And then if you get to that game, that's when you kind of start throwing small. Of course, if they can throw small, that means Vanderbilt can throw fellows. Yeah. And so that'll be your two Friday night guys going. Um, a rematch from Hoover. That'll be fun. That'll be fun. Uh, I'd like to see it. The thing is, though, once you burn small on that game. You know, you've seen these kind of things in regionals before. Maybe in a, in a Wednesday championship game, Small can throw an inning or two of relief. That would be odd and feel very, very weird, but it, things are necessary. You probably won't use Ginn again all week unless it's relief. Maybe use him on Wednesday as a starter, but uh, that would mean Plumley probably started on a Tuesday game, and I don't know why you would start Plumley on a Tuesday when he, could, when he would be probably perfectly fine on uh, seven days rest to go on a Wednesday game. Yeah. I think Plumley would go on a Wednesday game. It's just, you know, we're just breaking down the scenarios because once you get in the loser's bracket, pitching is at a premium. Yeah. I don't expect to see Gannon the rest of the year after tomorrow just because Limo has seemed to be really protective over him, knowing that he's going to be our guy next yeah. year. Yeah, and, and y'all y'all might think, he's on the team, let's throw him. Hey, y'all want to keep yeah. kids from going to the draft? Yeah. Show them that when they come here, they get treated right. Yeah, they're going to. Y'all want your, y'all want your top 10-round kids coming here instead of high school? Yeah. <laughs> the way that he's treating Ginn, I don't think is – y'all don't understand what that's going to do for recruiting. Yeah. When we had these kids, you know, hey, my boy might not – might need to get an education. My, my son, my baby might need to uh, go to school instead of going to try to make this money as an 18-, 17-year-old. But are you going to take care of him? He absolutely yeah. is. You can't refute that after what yeah. he's done with JT Ginn. Come on over, Tarver. Come on. That's that's right. <laughs> Come blaze, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> next y'all year that is next y'all year. know who that is you will yeah <laughs> um uh getting off of baseball now i think that's about all we have to, do you have anything else baseball related um not until we get to questions all right we've got an interesting develop for ben howland's bulldogs gavin what do you like to see on the basketball court just a question and I know you know what I'm about to say after you talk, but I just want to hear your yeah. opinion. What do you like to see on a basketball court? What's your favorite thing to watch? Um, scoring. Scoring. Be more sure. specific. How do you like to score? Shooting. Shooting. Gavin likes shooting. Yeah. I like shooting. I'm a, I'm a thin body. so I'm a lanky, tall body. My favorite thing is good finesse post play, you know, using your body, being smart, out smart, outworking people, outsmarting people. But you know what I just love? I've kind of just drawn to everybody. You ever watch Chris Stapps Porzingis play basketball, Gavin? That scratch big. You ever thought of a seven foot guy that can shoot threes? Yeah. And that that makes all these traditional basketball basketball people cringe. But I'm saying all this roundabout stuff to say, I'm be honest. I'm saying this roundabout stuff because the show show is really short today, and I'm trying to add time to it. <laughs> but I'm saying all this roundabout stuff to say that Quentin Post, a German seven foot center that can shoot has just been added to Ben Howland's class for uh for his upcoming basketball class he actually 
I'm about to go find. I'm about to. I'm, it's escaping me actually if he's this year or next year because I know with the inter and it's tricky because with international players it's very different. Um, what year they're playing? He's a 2019 kid, so yeah, he'll be on the court next year. Um, him and Reggie, yeah, he's si- he is signed. This kid is signed. He will be on the court next year. 224 pounds. He he only outweighs me by about 10 pounds. <laughs> At seven foot, it's it's the modern it's the modern bas- modern basketball guys modern basketball. Hopefully, it turns out better. I know Ole Miss had a European player that's real tall that has had, maybe will pan out. I don't know how old he is, but he he didn't have the year that he thought he was going to have. He this graduated, year. I'm pretty sure. He or graduated. He went He's gone from Ole Miss. I know that. Okay, yeah, didn't pan out for him, but uh, hopefully this goes differently. Well, I'd like to see how Ben Howland coaches that. I'm not sure he's ever had something like this. It's this, like I said, this is the modern player. This is. Brooke Lopez is thick and big. You see him playing for the Milwaukee Bucks, but he shoots threes. He shoots threes. He's seven foot two. He shoots threes. Yeah. If that man don't go get going and rebound more, he bothers me. I like I love watching him shoot threes because it's like fantastic and crazy. But go get some rebounds, bro. Marcus Gasol can shoot the three a little bit now. Yeah, he keep you even if you can't shoot the three. If you're a big, it can keep people honest and make people have to guard you outside. That opens up the floor so much. Yeah. When you see a big on the floor, and this is how I was in high school. I shoot better now than I did in high school. If I caught the ball at the top of the key, my man's in the under the basket. You know, yeah. that's where they'd be on me because I, I wasn't allowed. My coach didn't let me shoot. <laughs> yeah. They just opens up the floor if it's even a threat. Uh, we beat out Georgia Tech, Washington State, a couple other schools for this guy. Uh, very excited about this this commit right here. That's all we have for content today. Uh, Gavin does have some questions for us. Gavin, what you got? So for right now, we have uh, Derek Ten Ten. He says, when will Foscue get hot? And to uh, answer that briefly, I think I don't think it's a matter of Foscue getting, being hot or cold right now. He's still hitting balls really hard like he has been all year. Um, you know, take away the SEC tournament where he struggled a little bit. You know, Foscue uh, – oh, you go keep ahead. going. No, oh, you keep going. So, Foscue's just been hitting balls really hard in, in Omaha right now. They're just going right to people. He almost yeah. had a bomb today. He uh he draws a critical walk in the beginning against Auburn. He's had some good like you said, Gavin, he's still having good at bats. He's uh almost hitting bombs, you know, barely missing. He has a couple times there was runner on base today, he hit a pop up to the shortstop, and I was pretty disappointed. So same thing that's happened with all the team. Runners in scoring position hasn't been great, but uh he almost had a two run home run tonight tonight, uh or this afternoon. Uh next question, Gavin. Sam Lazunas wants to know what was one thing State could have done better today? And uh, to be brief on that as well, I'd have to just say timely hitting. If you follow me on Instagram, you saw um, yesterday I put up one of the question stickers on my story and just answered a lot of questions. And um, a lot of what I got was what will we need to do to beat Vandy? And I said timely hitting, keep the ball down in the zone pitching. And uh, we did one of those things today. So. We kept the ball down in the zone. The the first, the solo home run was down in the zone, but caught too much of the plate, uh, yeah. and wasn't necessary. He didn't want to walk the guy, but um, you, you trust Peyton to throw the the eight hole hitter after the after Stephen Phillips, the seven hole guy today. Uh, what else you got? Um, Chris from the Clanging Network asks if we have legitimate chances of winning a Natty. We absolutely do, but here's the thing: it's going to be a lot harder than it was yesterday. Yep. Uh, we've we've got some our work cut out for us. But here's the thing: 
this team once uh, has won Super Regionals before out of the loser's bracket get day one. We've come from behind more than any other team in the country this year. And uh, with our backs, you know, backs against the wall, we've done what we had to do. We've had ninth inning comebacks. We've had uh, walk-off hits. We've had 17 inning games. This is a team that's done it, all right? If anybody can do it, it's this squad right here. Um, bullpen pitching has been excellent, uh, especially late in the year. Pitching is deep. You know, Riley Sell had a mistake today, but uh, did great and is not burned at all. Um, Christian Barlow didn't have his best day, but he's still he's still there. You know, that's a, one more arm we can throw a top twenty round draft pick. Of course, Gordon Lee Belt. Um, of course, we talked about Sarantola today already. Haven't even mentioned a couple other guys that could, that could come out of the pen that could really help us. Uh, we've got pieces to do this, but it's it's gonna it's easier said than done. That's all I'm gonna say. But yeah. we it's nothing we haven't done before. If you think about those like, super regionals the past couple of years. Yeah, just treat it. It's almost. It's actually. It's not almost. It's exactly like the spot that we ran in the regional last just a year ago. That's right. I mean, we, we had we to come through the fire. We know that. And that was against the top. We beat. We already beat a top. Uh, a number six national seed in that tournament too. Yep. Uh, speaking of that question, Gavin, I think we got. We you, you want to give our boy Chris a little bit of love. Yes, everybody, go follow at the Klingon Network on Instagram. Um, we just like to give Chris a quick shout out because he's he uh, always messages. I don't know about Colton, but he always messages. Oh yeah, me, he messages uh, me all the time. Yeah, <laughs> telling us you know thinks we do a great job with the podcast. He's always give, uh, giving us encouragement, so and just positive, keeping us going. And there's so a lot of thank him for listening. He's so good. There's a lot of smaller Mississippi State pages that are, and most of these pages, most you know, this is the future, guys. Most of these Instagrams are run by young people and. I could think I'm a, I guess I'm a young person. I'm 20. Gavin's how old are you, Gavin? 17. Gavin's a baby, and uh, you know Gavin's the baby with three times the Instagram followers I have. But anyway, <laughs> um, well, it he, helps when you start when you're 12. That's right. He's one of those. This Clanga Network is one of those pages where the guy's not. There's some of these poor kids are just doing their best. Clanga doesn't say stupid stuff. You know he doesn't. Uh, I just call him Clanga. He doesn't. You know. Make act a fool, show out, show his butt, doing dumb things. All the stuff he yeah. po- he posts original stuff, makes his own graphics. He's doing a bang up job. Yeah. To anybody uh, who's uh, who has their own Mississippi State Instagrammer, if you want to start one, my my two biggest pieces of advice is don't say anything dumb and don't pick fights with Ole Miss fans. My biggest they, piece of they advice. they will go out of their way to make you look stupid. Absolutely, I, my biggest piece of advice to add on top of that is to just be original. Don't just post exactly what Mississippi – don't just screenshot everything from Mississippi State and then post it again because everybody's going to follow. If you're you're starting off with hardly any followers, do you think those people don't also follow Mississippi State? Or, all right, I've caught a few people doing this also. Screenshot Skip's graphics and post them on your page because we will find out one way or another. And if we don't find out, it's because (laughs) you're not not worth the time anyway. I'm the only one allowed to repost to, to skimp off a of skip stuff is me. <laughs> yep, that's that's all. I, uh, and I was I had one more thing, but I'll, I'll it'll come yeah. to me in a second. Speaking of skip, though, Gavin, you got yeah. one more question for us. All right, John Swinney wants to know who is your favorite graphic designer. Uh, is is Austin Coast technically a graphic designer? Because if so, he's my favorite. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> uh, uh, skip Swinney does all of our. 
graphics for especially for Hill State Wave, and I'll bum off a few of his when I need to, uh, especially during football season. Y'all start seeing graphics. You're like, hey, I've seen that before. Yeah. Hill State Wave posted it first because I can't do it. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Uh, but the, the logo you're looking at on your phone screen or laptop, whatever you're listening on. That logo, made by Skip. That right, the Hill State Shockwave logo. He whipped that up on short notice, and it looks great. And my dad's like, you know, I like the logo. You could probably tweak it. No, not tweaking it a little bit. Dad is Skip's. It's fantastic. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, oh, one thing I was going to say. We were talking I – I will like to point out, I do never – and I never, I never start an argument on Instagram. I finish some. I finish them. I won't ever use a cuss word on Instagram. Nope. But I am, however many and oh, undefeated in arguments with anybody, but especially Ole Miss fan pages. They have not. <laughs> and here's the thing, guys. Numbers and stats just don't lie. And you will find – I can find a number somewhere that supports my argument. And also, you don't win an argument if you change the subject. Just a piece of advice for the whole rest of your life. If you change the subject, you lost. If you change nope. the subject unnaturally, just out of nowhere – Bring up something else to try to help your case that has nothing to do with what you're talking about. You lose. Okay. I think yeah, I'm done. Those type of people aren't listening right now. So, No, because y'all are all it. smart people that know good uh, rhetoric. Yeah. All of you. Yep. I'm very <laughs> proud of you. Okay. We have put enough filler and flack into this episode because we lost and we are not happy. No. <laughs> but we will, we will be happy tomorrow. Are, tomorrow? Are, you on, are we recording tomorrow? We'll let y'all know. There's three games in three days. Are we going to record three episodes before Sunday? Absolutely not. Are we going to record one episode before Sunday? Absolutely. Are we going to record two? Maybe. We will let y'all know. Depends on how good we're feeling afterwards. Chris will know before anybody else. That's right. All right. So, with that said, best of luck to y'all. Whatever you do, whatever you're trying to do, whatever you're attempting – uh, Hail State, praise the Lord, and go dogs.